This is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Getting- Mike. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studio. Where's like the buff dudes at? Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Well, it's not uh, Brock, it's not Salk. It's Mike Lefko and Maura Dooley. Do I have to bring this up again? It's also not Stacy Ross at 9 o'clock. <laughs> Did you guys, you guys gave her some grief on Friday, right? Uh, for yes. her Miss 9 o'clock appearance? She she overslept, and apparently she was also supposed to pick up a sheet cake because yeah. of, she's mm-hmm. always losing bets. Yep. I don't I don't know why. She makes a lot of bets with um, pastries and desserts. I think she just wants an excuse to buy those, but then has to have the justification <laughs> of uh, the under the premise of losing a bet. So, yeah, but we do have a 9 o'clock hour here with uh, me and Maura, and Shannon Dreher will join us at 930 and then you'll have uh, some best of programming the rest of the day on this Memorial Day. The best of Bump and Stacy, and then the best of Wyman and Bob. And then Mariners Yankees. Big, big start to the series. Pre-game show gets going at 530. First pitch at 640. It's crazy because this Mariners team last year, they did really well against the good teams. You know, they dominated the Yankees. They won those series against New York. They played well against good competition. And they played down against bad competition, which was the inverse of 2021 and which has been the complete opposite of this season where the Mariners have struggled against good competition. They have beaten up on the Rockies, the Cardinals. They have swept the A's both times, which it's tough to sweep a four game series. They hadn't done that at home against Oakland since 1991, but they've done all that and they don't really have a a series win uh, against a good team. Yeah. On Friday, our our friend Brock Heward tweeted out the Mariners are 10 and 0 against last place teams and 16 and 25 versus everyone else. Time to step up and win a series against a good team. Mm-hmm. Now they have against yeah. the Astros, but the Astros weren't on that stretch they are on now. The Astros didn't feel like the they Astros didn't feel like when, it, we, yeah. when they played them last. Yeah. So this series against the Yankees is going to be huge, going to be a, a big test for where this Mariners team is. But they got to at least a point of, okay, we can beat pretty good teams with that series win against the Pirates. I don't know what else you're going to learn about the Mariners from a team perspective other than the fact that they showed good bounce back effort. They got to really all the home runs hit out of them on Friday when the Pirates hit seven of them. So maybe that was too much for the Pirates. And then Pittsburgh had no offense left on Saturday. But if you look at what the Mariners have done so far to this point, and now they are three games over 500, it was a series that would have been better to win than lose. Sure. If you win, you don't learn much. If you lose, maybe you don't learn too much either. But what the Mariners did do is prove that they can bounce back. They can beat a team that has shown in Pittsburgh that has been good. And now you have to build on it. Like we keep talking about, mm-hmm. right? Like you have to build on what you did from all aspects, from what we saw out of the offense, from what we saw out of Luis Castillo and Marco and carry this over into this stretch because unfair or not, there are no series now, especially against the Yankees and Rangers, where you can just say, "Well, yeah, we're not, uh, we're not going to drop, we're not going to do our best. We're going to drop this one because these teams are all fighting for playoff spots, and the AL is so good this year." Yeah, it it definitely feels like I said at one earlier in the show at one point that when you looked at the wild card race, it was like the entire AL East had those spots locked up. So you're you're going to have to stay competitive. And as much as we were, you know, kept saying like, it's early, it's early. It does feel like there's a, a little bit of a sense of urgency. And, uh, but I do feel like we're starting to see them pick it up. 
and the pitching was already there. The pitching was already insane. We know George Kirby had a little bit of a rough outing Friday. That's going to happen every now and then. But Luis Castillo looking like himself again is amazing because there was what, a couple games there where we were starting to be like, oh, no, is he hurt? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, he shot him out Saturday. Marco did everything you needed him to do yesterday, as he does most often. And then now you're starting to get the offense going. Um, Julio's hit in, what, seven straight games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Ty France looking like himself again. Like we said, JP being so consistent. Jared still staying consistent, but I still feel like he's not as hot as he was to start the season. He could probably even ramp back up a little bit more. I just think that once you get everything clicking, like they've been trying to tell us, but for a while there, it was kind of hard to believe with what we were seeing on the field. Service was telling us, like, it'll come, it'll come. I was starting to doubt it. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. It felt like this offense was not going to break that barrier. And now I'm starting to see, like, when that happens, this team really does look like the contender that DePoto told us they were at the beginning of the season, if you can get both of those things together. Yeah, the offense has picked it up. There's no lying. There's no There's no way to say otherwise because what they did against Oakland did carry over into the Pirate series. And despite losing one, mm-hmm. you brought this up, they scored at least five runs in all three games. And they had, their record is something like 21 or 22 and five when they score at least five runs this year. So that's the sign, especially with a rotation yeah. as good as you have. There's been way too many two and three run games. Right. That five mark is Mwah. chef's kiss. <laughs> let's, let's keep doing that. That's right. That's a sign of, okay, we're going to win more games than we lose <laughs> if we score five runs. And despite all the talk about, all right, you lost on Friday, the pirates, are a pretty good team. They have taken games off of teams like the Rays and the Rangers and teams like that. And the Mariners are six and one on this homestand. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, at the end of the season, you're just looking at wins and the wins come from wherever they come. And if you win your series and you win the majority of your games in the homestands, Jerry told you guys, right? If you put the seven out of 10 on these homestands, seven out of 10 on a, on a series, that's a really good stretch. And over the course of a couple of months, you're going to see the growth and the progress. So the Mariners have done that so far, but now becomes a test in the American League because the National League has been terrible. They only mm-hmm. have they only have six teams above 500. Wow. And the, the disparity is almost comical. At one point, I think after Thursday night, so before the weekend, the National League only had five teams above 500. The American League had all but five teams above 500. And it's still a case in the American League where the only teams below 500, uh, the whole AL Central, just a disaster of a division, except the Twins, who are barely above it at 27 and 26, and then Oakland, who uh, they're just getting made fun of everywhere from everyone, and they are historically bad. But you have to take these series against teams like the Yankees at 32 and 23 or the Rangers at 33 and 19, the second best record in baseball, who, by the way, just took uh, two out of three against Baltimore. So, well, they are a loss were a game worse than Baltimore in the win column. But the Rangers and the A and the uh, Orioles are trading back and forth that second best record. So for the Mariners, a huge opportunity. I mean, how much different mm-hmm. are we feeling a week from today? If we come in here on Monday, me not as early as you guys next Monday, (laughs) thankfully. uh, But when you guys come in here a week from today and you're talking about a road trip or a week of six games and the Mariners have won four of those. That feels a lot different than even where we are now. That's what I was going to ask you out of these next two series. What is what's the record you feel they absolutely need to leave with? 
Well, at this point, and because you're not going to have many more games left against these teams with this balanced schedule, you've already played two series against the Rangers. You'll have played one of your two series against the Yankees. I think you have to go four and six. I think you have yeah. to win both series, especially because the Rangers just came in here and took one against you. That, that seems reasonable. Yeah. And it seems like if they if they don't, you're, you're going to be feeling a lot different than we do today. We, we but are. But hopefully it right. feels like there's momentum right now. So hopefully that's not the case. I know. I know. And I think this momentum can carry over. I think the, and the pitching has shown it's been there. Bryce Miller has shown everything you'd want so far. So having him on the mound today mm-hmm. Great start to the series at the outset. How crazy is that? Right. (laughs) He's the most confident you're feeling. Yeah. We're starting a series with the Yankees, and we're like, thank God Bryce Miller's on the mound. (laughs) Like, what a start he's had. Yeah. um, One text I need to address here. 509. The Pirates series showed it would have been nice to have Brian Reynolds. Yes, uh, it would have been. And that's what the Pirates realized, too, because they signed him to an eight-year extension worth hundreds of millions of dollars. So I actually feel a, a little bit better knowing they did that. If Brian Reynolds would have been available and the Mariners didn't yeah, get there, him. There just wasn't an option And for then them. he comes in and does that. Yeah, you, you feel bad. But yeah. it was more of the like, oh, yeah, he's really good. And that's why the Pirates made him their centerpiece of the future. He had a great series. He was I fantastic. I was sad seeing but, Carlos Santana hit a home run. Yeah. Because that's one that probably should have stayed here. Especially Friday. Yeah. Right. In the game that they lost. So the fact yeah. that Carlos Santana hits that home run on Friday that gives you the idea, like, eh, of course, that adds the sting. But Brian Reynolds, no, I'm fine with that. I just uh, appreciate him as a really good player that certainly would have helped the Mariners. And that's why he was a coveted piece. But he also was coveted by almost everyone around the league. Mm-hmm. And the Pirates stepped up. I mean, there was trade talks. There was dissension from Brian Reynolds. And the Pirates said, we're not letting him go anywhere. Yeah. So no team was going to get him. They weren't giving him up. Uh, but you're right, 509. Uh, Brian Reynolds, he had a great series. Mm-hmm. Uh, terrific, terrific player. And it would have been nice, but uh, it also would be nice to have, like, the best player from every team on the Mary. It would have been nice to have Aaron Judge. <laughs> now, hopefully he doesn't make them pay for that today, but some of these things aren't just feasibly, feasibly possible. Uh, we're going to dive more into what else went on over the weekend. Crazy weekend of sports, championships being won and series is extended and all of that. And then Shannon Dreher will also join us at 930. It is the Brock and Salk Show with Mike Lefko and Maura Dooley in today. This is Seattle Sports on 710. need to know 15 minutes past every hour with brock and salk here's what you need to know up first well up first we have to get to this text from uh matt in oregon you made us laugh out loud good job matt since the rest of the shows are best of today does that mean brock and salk haven't had enough highlights to fill an entire <laughs> show <laughs> what do you think is that the reason more yeah yeah that'll, that'll be I, it I, I that's exactly what went through the archives <laughs> and i just Nope, not good enough. Just, there's nothing. Couldn't fill a full <laughs> four hours, so uh, we are here with you. But no, the first thing you need to know is the Mariners uh, had a big series win over the Pirates, capped off by a walk-off home run. The pitch to Gino. Swung on. A rocket to left field. Absolutely mashed. See you later. Walking off Gino. to the sky, his arms wide, and he is pummeled at home plate. The celebration is on. You heard the excitement there from Gary Hill, and Mora feels like, yeah, this is uh, 
kind of a return to form back to the Mariners we've gotten used to seeing over the past couple of seasons. Yeah, not only the, the walk-offs, because we saw a lot of those, so many down-to-the-wire exciting games, but just that feeling that there's a handful of guys that could make a big moment happen when you need it, and uh, Suarez is one of those, and he's been off to a, a little bit of a, a slow start, so seeing him get those going, and as you mentioned earlier, we know that he can get hot when it comes to home runs as well. First game of the Yankees series today, Bryce Miller on the mound for the Mariners against Domingo Herman. pregame at 5.30, first pitch at 6.40. Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, Morris still celebrating this one. Celtics Heat Game <laughs> 6 on Saturday night comes down to the buzzer and maybe then some as the Celtics survive. I don't think he got that in it again. You have to protect the offensive rebound. Oh, he got oh, rid of it. He sure did. Celtic win. And we're going to Celtics. To game seven. The Celtics are going to win. There's a game seven back in Boston. So what was the range of emotions for you as that unfolded, as it happened, and as you're seeing all the replays? Well, I mean, once Jimmy Butler made his... Th- three free throws to give them a one point lead with 2.1 seconds left. I was, I thought it was over, you know, for some reason you, you keep watching, you just like hope for a miracle, but I really didn't think that uh, even once it went in, I didn't think that it was on time. So that was incredible. And it's really been a pretty fun series. So I'm excited that we get another game tonight. I was also interested to find out, did you see Geno Smith tweet that he and the Celtics coach, Joe Missoula, went to college together? Oh, yeah, West Virginia. I didn't realize they that at the same time. And he huh. was, like, proud to have gone to college with the guy that's accomplishing. Oh. So, yeah, we'll, we'll shout out from the Seahawks yeah. QB1. All right. Game 7 tonight at 530 in Boston. Only four teams have ever forced the Game 7 in NBA playoff history, and none have ever won after being down 3-0 in the series. Here's the third thing you need to know. UW softball after surviving by the skin of their teeth in the regionals against McNeese State. They had no issues and they locked down an appearance in the Women's College World Series. On the eighth pitch of the at-bat, it's popped up to short. Hortor squeezes it. And the Huskies... For the 15th time in school history, the Washington Huskies are headed to the Women's College World Series. Yeah, fun stretch, right? Consistent power. Good to see him get back there and uh, always good to see the success of all the teams around the area, especially when you're playing this late in the season. Yeah, and at this point, UW under coach Heather Tarr, it's just been a dominant program, um, and it's good to see them get back to the College World Series for the first time since 2019. Good Pac-12 representation as well. It's actually uh, UW and Utah playing each other on Thursday in the first game for those two teams. Stanford's there, so uh, three of the eight are from the Pac-12. Good job. Uh, they're the one thing, as you said, right, that uh, is going right and going well for the yeah. Pac-12 in the last, <laughs> you know, I guess, couple of we're seasons. We're still trying here. to figure out where we might be able to watch football games this season, but <laughs> you can watch softball. softball though. You can yes. watch softball over ESPN. Got- you might not be able to watch football, but you can watch softball, especially now that. that they're in the Women's College World Series. Uh, the Cardinals also made a big move over the weekend on Friday, releasing DeAndre Hopkins. They'll have to eat 22.6 million, but uh, they do save 8 million because DeAndre Hopkins had a third. $30.75 million cap hit this season. It's a, it's a big old chunk of change to be eating that to is, get rid of a receiver. Yeah. 
it's a, a tough pill to swallow, especially when that receiver basically called you out for all the turnover and management that you've had and you're wanting to play for a quarterback that loves the game. Yeah, uh, who knows where he'll end up. We played uh, that, that cut earlier where there are five quarterbacks that DeAndre Hopkins says you wanted to play for. Most of them are in the AFC, so that would be good. Um, Jalen Hurts was also one of them. That might not be good. The Eagles just have a surplus of talent. The rich I mean, get richer. They just have too much talent. So if DeAndre Hopkins goes to the AFC, all right, good for him. We don't care. If he somehow <laughs> stays in the NFC, maybe not the best thing, but he is out of the division, and the NFC West uh, looks like it's the Niners, the Seahawks, Maybe the Rams will figure it out, and then the Cardinals are just uh, toiling away for the next couple of years before they climb out of it. But, uh, yeah, that's everything you need to know. We're going to stick with the Mariners after a big series win, and then as they get ready for a huge week ahead that begins tonight with the Yankees, our Mariners insider Shannon Dreher joins us next. It's the Brock and Salk Show with Mike Lefko and Maura Dooley in today here on Seattle Sports Station on 710 and the Seattle Sports app. This is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Nice series win for the Mariners over the weekend. And a big series that begins today with the Yankees. 640 first pitch. Mike Lefko, Maura Dooley with you. Joined now by our Mariners insider, Shannon Dreyer. And Shannon, uh, good morning. Thanks for joining the, the Mike and Mora show, or I guess the Mora and Mike show today. We appreciate uh, you coming on with us. Are you just kind of alternating that each time? Yeah, I think we should. Right? We haven't really, but after it was brought up, we're like, yeah, you know what? That's the new show name. We're going to have imaging made, and next time we do it, it'll be an official thing. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to stay neutral on this okay. one. Okay, <laughs> all right, good. That, that's fair. I didn't want to lead you down a path there. But, uh, Shannon, at the end of the day and the end of the season, all wins count the same. But when you have a win like that, a win like the Mariners had yesterday with the Suarez walk-off and all that joy at the end and how fun it looked, what does a win like that do for a team? I think it does a lot. I think we kind of talked about how they didn't have an extra inning win for a long time. They weren't doing as well in the one-run games as they were doing last year. And to go this deep in the season and not have a walk-off victory, that probably was something that I think they would feel a little bit better if they saw too, which, I mean, it's just kind of fun. But you also think about who did it, and it was Eugenio Suarez, and it was with the home run. And I've talked about this quite a bit on the postgame show, and he's kind of having a, a little bit of an odd season. He, he hasn't had the home runs that he's had before. He, at times, has looked better on base-wise at the plate. He's taking more walks than he sometimes has in the past, and so he's contributing without – doing it the way that he's kind of accustomed to. And that's actually bothered him a little bit. He wants to be the guy. The home run is a part of his game. It's not that he goes out and tries to hit them, but when everything is going right, the home runs happen. But he also liked what he was at the end of last year, and he was the guy that really came through in the big situation. So that kind of bothered him when he wasn't able to do that. And he's had a couple of games, um, particularly in the last road trip and and then what we saw last night, where you're starting to see that a little bit more. So I think for Suarez himself, that's great because that's who he wants to be. But also for those particularly who were around last year, that was a guy that they could lean on and that would get hot in stretches and and, and would be a real threat at the plate. So I think that kind of thing – 
is big, but also just really capping off what was a very good week for them at home. And I, I don't care that it was the A's that they swept. Those wins are important when you're trying to grab some momentum when it's May and some guys are still trying to get their legs under them a little bit. So the way that I termed it all over the last couple of days is these have been um, very encouraging and perhaps even in some aspects reassuring wins because you're starting to see them do the things that you expected them to do. Yeah, Shannon, and speaking of, of things that we expected, we did have a see a couple of rough starts there from Luis Castillo. I think some people are starting to worry that maybe he was hurt, um, but he seems to have bounced back in a big way. How important was that for them? I, I think it's big in terms of wins and losses. I don't think they were too concerned that there was anything terribly wrong with him. Um, Luis is interesting in that, he came to the Mariners as a pretty much finished product last year, and we know that they always try and improve the pitching that they have. And when you've got somebody that is more established, and not just established, but you know, among some of the top in the game, that can be a little bit tougher to work with. And you really have to, not that they're being difficult or anything, but it's not as obvious what you're going to go to work on. And you don't know how that player works and you don't know their processes uh, kind of both physically and mentally when there is a struggle. So that's something that I think had to be learned and there really wasn't time or a need last year. So when you see a little bit of a struggle that you saw there before, uh, I think there was kind of learning all around on all parts to how do we get him out of this and what are the problems. And I think they did diagnose some things. There was a small mechanical adjustment that was made there was a game where I think there was some suspected tipping that was going on and so Mm -hmm. that you have to kind of get to the bottom of as well so to see him come out and be the Castillo that you're more accustomed to seeing to see the velocity where it was more importantly the command where it was and uh, to see him be able to I, I just for me it was so fun to see him you know, give up that leadoff double and then nothing else. And you yeah. could almost, you could almost see it. You know, I, I don't like getting too dramatic or trying to put anything on a player, but he didn't look too happy about that at the top of the game. There seemed to be almost a different determination about him. And it's certainly whatever it was, you saw it in the results. Well, Shannon, speaking of uh, consistency, all of a sudden Julio is on a seven game hit streak. He has six multi-hit games during that stretch. Saw the home run yesterday, the one on Friday as well. And uh, we played a cut from him earlier when he talked about kind of enjoying going through the tough times because of what happens when you get through it. What have you seen out of Julio during this stretch? I kind of love that cut. And he actually said it a couple of weeks ago, too. And I'm like, okay, that's too much. You love baseball so much. You love every aspect of it. You love the struggle. But if you know Julio Rodriguez and you've followed him not just for these couple of years, but even like his last year in the minor leagues, that that actually rings pretty true. He does. And it's, you know, rather than let this get me, I'm going to embrace it. And it's it's part of a game. It's something that I do. And acknowledging that, yeah, that's going to happen. And you hope that he takes something from it because that was his most significant struggle that he has had at the major league level. And the hope is, is that the next one just isn't as long because of what you went through this time. And I I think this week in particular, we've seen him, um, you know, really trust in what he's doing right now. You don't see uh, as many adjustments being made. You don't see as much uncertainty at the plate. You certainly don't see the swinging at the, the bad pitches that you were seeing before that were really totally out of character, but he was so out of whack and so off balance in what he was doing. He was susceptible to that. And now you're seeing him go up there, you know, with the approach. And we saw it kind of build to this when you first saw the walk. And then you saw the singles up the middle and now you're seeing the the more impactful hits. But 
I think at this point, when everything is feeling right with him at the plate and he has that confidence, it's just go up to the plate and try and hit the ball hard. And now you're seeing the results from that. Shannon, I think before I move on to my next question, there, there's something that I, I do want to know. I'm not sure if you'll be willing to answer this on air, but who were the better roommates of our two shows <laughs> in Arizona between Wyman and Bob and Brock and Salk show? Oh, Uh-oh. man. Now I have to really kind of think back. <laughs> wow, this is the toughest it's question been of the so day. so long. <laughs> uh, well, we, we had fun with Wordle when um, – when the afternoon show was there, uh, Bob had never been before, so it was kind of interesting, kind of getting to, to learn Bob on that side of things. Uh, Lefko, of course, <laughs> is no problem whatsoever, as you know. And uh, Maura, I mean, you guys, what you were able to do, and the work that you put in, and in the morning, and just really that, you know, I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to be very serious about this. Uh, watching you guys in the time when you're not on the air, and I am specifically talking right now about Justin and Mora and Lefko and the work that you guys put in. I mean, it's not, you know, show is over and the rest of the day is yours. It was phenomenal to see what you guys did and the work that you put in and, uh, you know, the research that you did and, and taking care of sound and then video in Justin's case, um, that really kind of blew me away. And for me, that was great to see. So you, you all were winners on that note. Wow. I would have had you answer that, that first so nice. had I known that. We should have started with that, that question. So Thank, nice. you, Thank you, Shannon. And that means a lot coming from someone that I admire your work ethic because it's such a long season and you are, you are baseball practically 24 7 it seems like so thank you <laughs> you are very welcome it's well deserved <laughs> i will i'll get back to the baseball questions um we saw a big day from taylor sacedo yesterday uh rounding out that game with three strikeouts uh they talked a lot about him being a hometown kid but i feel like he's someone that i i personally have not heard a lot about what have you seen from him being around the team you know what's really neat is i believe he was like a 2015 sounds too long ago. It was either 2015 or 2017 kind of middle round draft pick uh, by the Blue Jays. And it's one of those ones where you hear about the signing or the pickup and you look at the ERA and he hasn't pitched much in the, the big leagues. And you think, well, okay, this isn't a big deal. But if you are watching the Mariners the last few years, when it comes to relievers, uh, I don't think you write off anybody because they are able to kind of get to them and change some things. And it, it was fun to kind of, okay, it is a local kid. And he's very local, and he's a sports fan. He's a huge, you know, we had all of his draft ideas, and he was spot on with a lot of them, and, you know, Seahawks and, and all of the sports. And, and so it was kind of fun to kind of get into that aspect. I don't know if you've had him on a show. He's a good interview. Um, and But then he was that guy that when he got called up, and we see this every year. There's like a reliever that's called up and you rarely see him in a game. It takes a little while to earn Scott Service's trust. And then, lo and behold, there comes a situation when you just absolutely have to throw him in in a situation where you didn't think you would have to. And, again, this happens every year, and there are a bunch of them, and they come out and they shine. And we have seen him over the last, I would say, three weeks really start to earn that trust of Scott service. And, you know, Scott really wanted a lefty in the bullpen and there really wasn't one when you looked at the roster so much and Gabe Spire obviously has done great things, but you didn't know when he was coming into camp. And now you have got a second and you saw that opportunity, you know, that was a second win for the team. Second time he's kind of been put in that position, but you saw him come out and what he has been able to do 
is really buy into what they ask all their relievers to do, and that's just throw strikes. You know, do not waste an 0-0 count. You know, pounce on an 0-1 count. It's go after the hitters. And, you know, no more so did we see it when he attacked uh, Hayes with five change-ups to end the game and just didn't give in. And so I think we learned a lot about him in that situation. Like, okay, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. And we're going to walk this batter and we're going to load the both bases. And you are in your home ballpark right now that you grew up going to games at, no doubt a lot of friends and family in the stands as well. And uh, you need to go take care of this very important win. And he did. So I think you, I, I think we uh, you know, learned a lot about him that he was kind of, you know, had the ice water in the veins last night. It was fun <laughs> to see him, you know, celebrate that as he was coming off the field too, but he's turned into a very, very nice part of this bullpen. Yeah. That was one of the, uh, the coolest moments of the weekend, certainly of yesterday, a huge, huge situation there. Uh, Shannon, well, I had more wordle questions, but I guess so uh, we have to get <laughs> a, a baseball question in here before we let you go. Oh, by the way, I have to bring this up because it was pretty funny. So the Wordle on Thursday, I believe, was bagel. And I almost yes. I spoiled it because we were doing post game and the Mariners won. So we did a blazing bagels read. And I said, oh, oh. and that's the Wordle today. And then I go, "Uh oh, I might have just spoiled that for someone. But it was like 10 o'clock at night. So yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Somebody, but, well, there yeah. was another one you remember a week ago, and I have not been as faithful with the Wordle as I, ha- I thought I, I had been. And uh, we were talking about the bullpen on Twitter, and all of a sudden somebody tweeted, just all they tweeted was, and a Wordle answer. And I'm like, what? Oh. And I hadn't done Wordle that day, so I just pick it up, and I'm like, B-R-A-S-H. Ah, yep. yes, I do <laughs> remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> Got um, it on the first one. <laughs> ah, that's right, man. Trip down Wordle Lane. Count. Okay, well, no. It does Shan- not count. <laughs> it doesn't, you're right. Um, before we do let you go here, I know we have heard – Dylan Moore is close to getting back. Uh, Jerry mentioned that, but is there more on closer to an exact timeline or when do you expect him to be back or maybe uh, be a part of this marriage? Is, is there more of a firm timeline, I think, on, on Dylan Moore? Do we know that yet? You know what? No, we're just, yeah. we are not getting the injury updates that we used to. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, I'll go, it, it's, it's a little bit frustrating along those lines. And I can tell you that we do learn, you know, early on in homestands, we get complete updates. And then after that, we really don't. So we're kind of, tracing what we see and where they are and making sure that they make their uh, rehab starts. Um, And Dylan is on the rehab assignment. We are seeing numbers for him. I have not seen, I do not believe Munoz has started his, nor has Penn Murphy yet. And that's kind of the only way that we have uh, to track that. So we're just trying to stay on top of that. The other way to track it is, is be sure to tune into the Jerry DePoto show every Thursday because uh, Mike is very good about asking about injury updates. So we usually get a little bit of extra on that, but that's really kind of what we've been limited to in the last few weeks. Well, Shannon, uh, good pro- cross promotion there. That's always a good plug there on the, <laughs> well, on the morning it's a good show. Resource. Yeah, it is. It's a great resource. Uh, you are a great resource as well, Shannon. Uh, thanks for uh, being up and joining us. I tried to get her on 730. I was like, nah, it's no, Memorial Day. Good. No, you have a late night tonight, but thank you for joining us this morning uh, here you, on the show. You got it, guys. All right. That is our Mariners insider, Shannon Dreyer, and the Mariners pre- and post-game host. And the Mariners-Yankees series begins today at 640, 5.30 pre-game. You'll hear Shannon on that, and then you'll hear her on the post-game show as well. Bryce Miller and Domingo Herman. That's going to be a heck of a matchup. If we had more time, I would have asked her, what do you refer to 
a foreign substance suspension. Do you call it just the sticky stuff suspension? Because Domingo Herman's coming off of that. But um, yeah, we ran out of time. Too much wordle talk. So <laughs> I don't know. We did uh, get a plenty Marco of good information. Is the the king of the wordle. Like I. I only remember to do it every day because you always check in. Because you always want to know how I long, it's how good, many turns it took everyone else. I think it's a good bonding moment for uh, you, yeah. Justin, and myself. It's turned into now. Well, it's a Justin producer and I have to bonding do the moment before we leave, so Lefko can compare his to ours. I bet so Justin a, forgot over the weekend. Oh yeah, he never does it when we. He eat. probably forgot on Monday, so Justin forgot. Uh, we'll give him some shame for that By tomorrow. By the way, but... uh, after we asked Shannon about our time together in Arizona, being her roommates <laughs> at spring training. Uh, we got a text again from Matt in Oregon that said, was it weird being quiet until 11 a.m. because Bob was still asleep? Actually, yes. Yeah, so Is that accurate? Everyone, everyone had to go outside and do the interviews. Like, what? Well, you know, if like Shannon was calling to come on the show or Wyman or her, myself that one time you guys had me on, right. I like, went outside and sat in the backyard. Bob so Stelton uh, of the Wyman and Bob show, you're, you're yes. one of your hosts, uh, mm-hmm. noted late sleeper. Yeah. He's a nocturnal man. Yeah. That's why he hosts the uh, the afternoon show. He couldn't wake up and do this show. I mean, I right. would be if I didn't have to get up at 4 a.m. Yes. All right. Well, Maura, you've tried to put this off. We have uh, put it off long enough. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. Can't avoid it. I'm sorry. All right. You can't escape it. But as long as there's no music. We've pared it down, right? We've done more of a... More of a uh, Mora and Mike style of ranked. I mean, this is kind of what you wanted out of this segment, right? A preferable actual ranking of things, a top five list, not a I mean, I just think it's the definition of the word ranked. Yeah. That's the name of the segment. You're right. Listing everything possible in that category is not ranking. It's, it's, that's a list. You're right. You're (laughs) absolutely right. So we are getting back to our, uh, our bread and butter. Hmm bread and butter because we are talking about two things very near and dear to us food we are and food related rankings and all of those kind are, of things what they say about dogs like that they're food driven we're very food driven people oh we're food driven like people you can, absolutely you can bribe us with food and i think probably the last time i was on here we've done something similar around the holidays and around food but we are going to rank our top five Memorial Day foods, right? Like if you're at a cookout, if you're at a barbecue, you are just out on the lake, you're out on the water somewhere. What are you eating? I mean, what are your preferable foods? So we're kind of going along those lines of a more cookout, traditional summer kind of outing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think there were plenty. Um, Do you want to alternate one back and forth? You know, five, five, four, four, kind of Back and forth on that. Sounds good. Okay. I know, you know what, though? The best part about Ranked is even though we're doing a traditional list, we're still going to hear from the texters about okay. how dumb we are and how terrible our choices are. So, yep. Mac and Jack's text line, 866-979-3776. If you hate our food choices, but more, uh, let's start with you here and number five. Yeah, I think mine will probably be a little controversial because I'm uh, very much more into carbs and like small portions of meat i'm not a huge carnivore Hmm. so okay anyways but i'm gonna actually start number five with uh some fruit i like i like some watermelon or some kind of like fruit salad or something oh so mine is very meat heavy but my number five is also watermelon nice yeah do you like not cut up like it's not like a summery holiday cookout if you don't have some i know i want a big chunk of it though 
Like cut up watermelon in chunks is fine. I want the big, want like slice. big slice. Yeah. yeah, that adds to it. It's not number five cut up. It's number five <laughs> as a slice. Okay, very particular. If it's cut up, it's an honorable mention. Yeah, we didn't do honorable mentions <laughs> either. But um, right. cut up watermelon, honorable mention. If we do top five, nine, number five, watermelon, big slice form. Okay. Yeah. Do you want me to go? Agree so far. Yeah, go agree so far. Do you want me to go number four? Yeah. Okay. Yours. I will go number four here. Corn on the cob. And Ooh, that's a good one. lather it with everything you want. You know, butter, maybe uh, a little pepper on there. Put some cheese in it. But really, you got to put the butter on. Mm-hmm. And you coat it. And then you roll it around. Then you cook it. And then you, you just go to town on that. And again, corn on the cob. Not corn in any other form. That's not making the top five here. It's got to be corn on the cob to make this list. I like how you lay out all your rules. <laughs> Uh, man, I love corn on the cob, but I think that my like vanity gets in the way because it gets so in uh-huh. your teeth, and I don't know if I can eat it at a barbecue with a bunch of people unless I have a way to. That's a fair point. Fix that. Can um, you just bring something with you? Yeah, maybe. Just go floss in the bathroom <laughs> real quick. Um, all right. Well, my number four is like some form of barbecue chicken. Oh yeah. I'm do- I'm doing my meats. The- I'm I'm inching up to my carbs because uh-huh. <laughs> those are my favorites. <laughs> but not meat. Version. Well, so meat is number like right. barbecue chicken is number four for me. Are there meats higher up on the list for you? There's there's maybe one more. Okay, all right. Someone said three six. I said <laughs> barbecue the watermelon. Oh no, we're getting crazy. Okay, maybe not. I feel like um, I have seen like grilled watermelon. That would be all right. Like some grilled fruits, okay, but yeah, yeah, I'm keeping it fresh, keeping it on the chunk. Okay. Um, all right, number. What's your number three? My number three is brats. So I don't have burgers on my list. This is the last mm, meat on my list, but okay. I do love a good brat. I'm not a big hot dog fan, but brats in particular, yeah, I love. And I I like to do uh, mustard and a little relish. Okay, I was gonna ask you what goes on that yeah. because there could have been a wrong answer there. Oh, mustard, yes. Ketchup, no. No, no, no ketchup. No. So I would have had to kick you off the list there. No ketchup. Rob's I agree highly. I'm a child. Ooh. Oh, ketchup on the. I thought you were. Oh. Oh no, absolutely. I love ketchup. Love not ketchup. a hot dog, but not on a broth. On you slather it on everything. That's tubular. Oh, shaped. that is a kid's Rob. thing. Mm. Okay. <laughs> All right, Rob. That's why you're not part of this list. <laughs> that would be true. No. Um, no. Everyone has uh, contradictions here, so we uh, we have dissenters. That's the best part of ranked. It is of the people. I guess they feel like they weigh in as well. So. All right, we're on your I don't three. share that opinion, but no, I, know, I mean ketchup's the most popular condiment, right? Everyone, everyone likes ketchup, so because hit, uh, hot dogs are typically a child's yeah. food <laughs> slash True. toy, yeah, like chicken tenders, yeah. Um, okay, number three for me, pasta salad, a good like yeah. cold thing to have on a hot day, and you know you're getting away with calling it salad when it's not really salad because you can mm-hmm. add things that make it delicious. You can throw a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. And make it uh, a good, refreshing Only side dish. Only in America dish. do we put mayonnaise on carbs and call it a salad. Oh, put yeah, put whatever you want on there. Put uh, <laughs> meat in your salad. Put mayonnaise in there. Put you know pasta, which is not mm-hmm. salad salad, but yeah, a good pasta salad. Whew, that's a that's a fantastic side dish, but a must for any uh, any warm weather situation. Really, like if you're on a mm-hmm. on a boat, if you're outside on a hot day, any holiday in the summer, bring pasta salad. I agree. And there's so many different variations yeah. you can do. Right. I like to sometimes add those little mozzarella balls to it. Do kind of an Italian version, some black olives. Like, But you can you can do all kinds of different things with it. I might have to find a way to get some pasta salad today. <laughs> that, like, that's the first thing I'm doing when I get done here. Yeah, approximately three minutes or so. But, yeah, who, who doesn't like a 10 a.m. pasta salad? Um, we okay. got a lot of the same items. That no, mine's going to change here. Don't worry. But, yeah, we do have similar right. items. My number two 
is just dips. Like guacamole, French onion, hummus. I love all the dips. Wasn't and it? I, and I need chips. It wasn't it on this Not show. Not just veggies. Yeah, wasn't it on this them. show that you guys argued about buffalo dip and the whole like seven layer thing and... Maybe. I think, yeah, I think Salt didn't dip, call I that. I like that, too. I like all dips. I think Salt called that, like, a meal, right? Not, like, a, not like a dip. Or Maybe, a, yeah. Mm. All right. I'll trust your food takes over his. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, number two. This is the start of a very meat-heavy top two for me. Uh, straight burgers. Yeah. Uh, um, a must. A classic. And I know you didn't have them on your list, but I think you have to, at least at some point, if you are indulging in the meats, go burger. Because yeah. it's a part. It's almost like a one-two. And I'm going to jump ahead in a second, so you'll know where I'm getting to. But it's a one-two in the meats you must have on a Memorial Day cookout, on any kind of barbecue, really. A barbecue, a cookout, anything like that. So that's my number two. All right, so yeah, we have very similar lists, just kind of reversed. So my number one is, like, all the carb salads. Pasta salad, potato salad, macaroni salad. I'll I'll eat all of them. Uh Yeah. That's a good one. I guess apparently you put, like, some dressing or mayonnaise on any form of carbohydrates, and I'm in. Yeah. Um, you're right. Ours were very similar. I, at the very top, rise it up, and I put both these together because I'm going to have both up. it up. No, I'm going to rise it up to the top from yours. Oh. Um, brat and hot dog. Okay. They're one and the same in the fact that you should have both together, in my opinion. If you're going right. to have one, have the other as well, and don't uh, slight one or the other because a brat is fantastic, but a hot dog is equally good on a setting like when you're at a game or when you're outside and it's warm. So uh, hot dog with mustard. Sand from the beach. Sand from the beach. Rob's Rob's hot dog is like, well, if you're not going to have ketchup, you might as well just put uh, sand on that thing. It's going to taste just as bad. So The 360 says in Chicago, the hot dog stands there have signs that say mm-hmm. no ketchup. They do because they load it up with uh, like pickles and relish and okay. mustard and it's just they're fantastic. Oh, someone's Chicago having, style no hot dogs. No one had ribs on their list. Yeah, ribs are quite messy. I, I mean, I love ribs. I mean, if I knew someone... That could do them really. I don't think I've been to a lot of cookouts where people actually go through the trouble of making those, but I would definitely eat them if they were. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's our list. Those are our rankings. Uh, you know, we had some people who disagreed. We had some people that agreed, but I think a return <laughs> to form, return of what you originally envisioned this segment being. Well, so, now we uh, need to find a cookout to rank. go to because I'm hungry. I know. I know. Um, fun show. Great show today. Uh, thanks for having uh, everyone else going to chime in here. Rob Leland on the board, Maura Dooley, Mike Lefko. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, coming up next, you're going to have the best of Bump and Stacy, then the best of Wyman and Bob, and then Mariners pregame begins at 5.30 before a 6.40 first pitch. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned all day here on Seattle Sports Station on 710.